Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. January 1st is a day of great optimism about the human condition. People set their resolutions for the next year, convincing themselves that they will be better than they were last year. We're going to lose those pesky pandemic pounds or break that frustrating habit. We're going to do more for our relationships, call our families more often, respond to text messages faster. Or we're going to be more curious, learn a new skill, travel new places, read a new book. But January 1st is also a day of great pessimism about the human condition. Because we all know just how long those New Year's resolutions actually last. There's a meme going around social media right now that jokes about starting a gym that turns into a wine bar in the third week of January. And that pretty much sums up what happens to the large majority of these attempts to better ourselves. And we all know it, even as we try to convince ourselves that this year is going to be different. These resolutions are driven by an intuition that all is not well with us. We are deficient in some way, whether it's that we do something that we know we shouldn't, or we don't do something that we know we should. And as a society, we have a lot of polite terms for this. It's a bad habit. Or we're stuck in a rut. We have a weakness for something. Or maybe we just need a little more self-care so that we have the energy to be present to the people around us. But there is a quiet futility underlying it all because we actually don't have it within ourselves to fix this. Our best efforts will fail. And so another January comes and goes with resolutions made and broken. There's another way to describe this situation that isn't so welcome in polite society. But ultimately, what we're trying to deal with every January is our sinful human nature. Really, someone might say? Isn't that a harsh diagnosis for just a little bad habit? Or, or what about the resolution to add something good? The church, historically, has talked about two types of sins. The sins of commission, where we do something we know we shouldn't, and the sins of omission, where we don't do something that we know we should. And the large majority of resolutions fall into one of those two categories. And this is because anything short of the perfection of God is sin. And we all have lots of ways in which we fall short of the perfection of God. And we all have lots of ways in which we try to fix that, to be better people to come closer to that elusive best version of ourselves. And those attempts invariably fail 
and we fall back into our sin. So far, this is a pretty grim New Year's Day sermon. Maybe right now you're even wishing that you didn't make that resolution to come to church more often. But don't worry, I'm just getting to the good part. Because today is the Feast of the Holy Name. Today is the day we celebrate Jesus getting circumcised and publicly given his name on the eighth day of his life. And now, at first glance, this might not look like it has anything to do with us and our feeble attempts at New Year's resolutions. But it actually has everything to do with that. Jesus, the name that the angel gave him before he was conceived in the womb, means simply, God saves. And the first chapter of Matthew tells us that the angel gave Jesus this name because he will save his people from their sins. A mere eight days into Jesus' life, and it's announced to the world that this baby is here for our salvation from our sins. And at that point, no one knew how it would happen. When Mary and Joseph gave Jesus that name, they were acting on pure faith faith that the words the angel spoke to them were true, and that somehow their baby boy would be the salvation of their people. And his life didn't actually really progress the way people thought it would. He lived in relative obscurity until he was about 30 years old. And when he did commence his public ministry, His fame grew quickly, and his sermons and miracles brought him a lot of attention. And the crowds wanted to make him their king, and wanted him to be the one that would save them from the Roman Empire, and restore glory to their nation and their temple, and bring their religion back to what it was before. But Jesus resisted all of that. And instead, when the religious leaders plotted against him, He went willingly to be executed as a common criminal. And to everyone looking on, it was as if all hope was lost. So much for God saving Israel. But all of this was part of the plan from the very beginning. Before his incarnation as Jesus Christ, the word of God was. The word of God was equal to God and was in the form of God. The word of God existed in the perfect communion of the Holy Trinity. But the word did not cling to that existence. And instead, he emptied himself. Or in a better way of putting it, he poured himself out for the sake of the world. And when the word of God poured himself out, he became that baby in the manger named Jesus. And his purpose was to be obedient to death, even death on a cross. Sin and death are intertwined. Death entered the world through our sin. And the sin of the human race leads to death. In the same way that we cannot fix our sin, 
We cannot escape death. We as humans are not obedient to death because obedience implies a choice. We are subject to death whether we want to be or not because of our sin. But Jesus was obedient to death. He had a choice in whether or not he died. And this is because he was no normal human being. He was the word of God poured out in human form, living life like us and with us in all ways except for one. He never sinned. And his perfect life meant that death did not have the same hold over him that it does over us. And so when he became obedient to death on a cross, it changed everything. And in that moment on the cross, Jesus was actually dead. His followers brought him down, buried him in a tomb, and walked away, thinking it was all over. But then, three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead. And in that resurrection, God exalted him to the, to the highest place. And that resurrection and that exaltation had always been part of the plan from the very beginning. It revealed Jesus' power over death. Because Jesus willingly submitted to death, he broke the power of death over himself and over the rest of humanity. And when he broke the power of death over us, he also broke the power of sin over us. Because Jesus bent a knee to death temporarily, we now bend our knee to Jesus at the name of Jesus. And when we do bend that knee, Jesus offers us forgiveness for our sin and life instead of death. And this makes all the difference when we sit here thinking about our New Year's resolutions. Because when we have that nagging sense inside us that all is not well with ourselves, when we know deep down inside that we do things we shouldn't and we don't do things we should, we can just admit that it's true. We're sinners. We don't have to hide behind polite euphemisms. And instead of getting caught in a cycle of trying to fix ourselves, of convincing ourselves each January that this year it's going to be different, we can just remember that Jesus' name means God saves us. And Jesus' life, death, and resurrection show us that he has power over sin and over death. And when we bend our knee at the sound of his name, he cuts through the cycle of broken, broken resolutions and simply offers us forgiveness. So in a moment, when we kneel for the confession and we recount our sins of omission and commission, remember that God saves you through the name of Jesus Christ. And as we praise the name that is above every name, in our singing and in our worship, remember that God saves you through the name of Jesus Christ.
Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.